How's it going, everyone? I'm Bert. And I'm Fonz. And this is... Bert and Fonz. So, uh, language is important. Do you speak it? Why? <laughs> so, the other day, Bert and I were talking, and uh, and I said something that sounded really weird, and Bert was... Um, was he corrected me. He was really nice about it. But he was also like, um, hey, you've been speaking English like a lot longer than I've been alive, which is true. True, yeah. And what he forwent, uh, what he did not mention, so you guys say weird shit. Uh, what he didn't mention is I've been, in fact, yes, I've been um, 30, almost 30 years your, your senior. Almost, yeah. And I've been speaking English since 1969, which is literally 50 years ago. Yeah. I've been speaking English 50 years, and it still sounds weird as fuck. So we were asking ourselves, what is it? Why, you know, why a person like me, I'm very well read as, you know, in English, so I can actually yeah, write yeah, absolutely. English. Um, it's pretty good. I'm pretty proud of my English, but it does sound weird. Why is that? Uh, and the answer that I could come up with when I dwelled on it a little bit was, um, I, as you know, I speak Spanish and English. I used to speak German when I was a child, and I forgot. If we have time, we can talk about that later. <laughs> well, as in, you forgot how to speak German? Yeah. Okay. And I have really interesting anecdotes about that. So <laughs> I, let's, let's, let's try to remember, because it's really interesting how your brain records. Right, right, right. You know, so what we realized is that there are, there are a bunch of words that are spelled exactly the same in English and Spanish, and they sound absolutely completely different. So the mix-up is always there. Right. You always have a part of your subconscious brain, the one that practices language all the time, never gets it right because it's always doing all these fast decisions between like, am I switching to this language or this language? Right. Which really, so no matter to, which side you're coming from, it's always going to screw you up a little bit. Exactly. Because it's not really, your brain isn't thinking language. Your brain is thinking sound. Right. Exactly. So the phonemes, and I don't even know how you pronounce that in English, but it's appearing written down on the screen. <laughs> but the phonemes, yeah. the sounds of the language is what your brain gets mixed up with. So, you know, so there's like, there's a ton of words that are spelled exactly the same. In fact, my daughter who, as you know, is fully bilingual. My daughter is, yes. I, I have a daughter with a person from the States. We're no longer together. Um, she lives in a completely different state and we shared custody. And so we would share, she would travel from one house to the other. And I've been taking her to Spain twice a year for as long as I've had her under my custody. Now she has a job and she goes to college. She doesn't have as much time to travel this way, right. unfortunately. But the good news is she has a really full relationship with her cousins and her grandmother and her uncles and aunts in All Spain. the family that's over there, yeah. Right. And she is bilingual. And she does say weird things in Spanish because she's more used to speaking English. So right. her brain gets the sounds weird. So we used to play this game in the car about guessing what words guess words that are spelled exactly the same in English as in Spanish. And we used to play this game a lot, and um, we could play it right now, in fact. I, yeah, heck yeah. I love games. Hit so, me. Oh, that's right. So, <laughs> well, um, can you guess can, can you guess a word in Spanish that is not... Mm, a word that would be the same in Spanish as it is in English, or at least the spelling. Yes, um, the spelling. The easiest one for me to think of is probably television. Yeah. Or television. Yeah, yeah, you actually nailed it. Yeah. You actually nailed it. So, television is television, which in English, sometimes it's even television. You don't even do the tele. You know? <laughs> Depending on who you're talking to, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and uh, and so, it, it is, it's not that different, though. 
Oh, I remember, but it is, but it is pretty different. I remember one day actually you brought one up, and it was it was really interesting. It was just hospital. Oh, that's right. You remember that? Yeah, one? yeah. That yeah. one sounds so different in Spanish. So so different. So, um, what what would be your guess? Um, oh, this is trying to see if I remember a Spanish class. All right, so hospital is English, and it's spelled the same. It would be um, hospital. Almost. Hospital. No, very close. But you know what? Where your mistake was? What? So the the H is hardly ever pronounced in Spain. Oh, okay. It's called an aspirated H. I don't know if that's English even. So aspirate. Do you guys have aspirate? Is in with a vacuum cleaner when you suck something out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You breathe it in instead of breathing it out. That's what it really means. So if you aspirate the H, you don't pronounce it. And you have one in English like that, which is honor. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't say honor and you don't say honorable. You say honorable and honor. Every H in Spanish works that way. So it's hospital. 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 Yeah. You, you had it right. The first time everything was perfect. Except for the H. H. Okay. okay. So you open that A at the end of hospital. Yeah. So the one thing in Spanish too is that the vowels all have the same sound. In English they don't. Right. Because English has a borrowed alphabet. I got this, to, so I put this on a blog that I used to have, okay. making fun of how the, there's a demonstration, and we'll put a link. There's this old guy that was really funny. He would make a demonstration of how English doesn't make sense. So he demonstrated like, tomb has OMB, but comb also has OMB, and it doesn't rhyme with tomb. And he just kept changing words that don't rhyme. Uh, and the reason for that is this Venezuelan guy answered my blog saying, the reason is the alphabet of Latin was created for Latin sounds, not for Germanic sounds. And English borrowed that alphabet, so there's no real correlation. Right, right. So A A has A can sound A, A, uh, uh, depending on what word you're saying in English. In Spanish, it's always A, ah, always. Always. And every single vowel is exactly the same. So let's do some more words. Yeah, let's do some more words, because I, uh, I think that was uh, really interesting. So can you guess more? Off the top of my head, I can't really guess anymore. So if you have television, so those are all words from Latin, right? So, um, so there's other words that start with tele in English. Half of those probably are spelled the same way. Do you want to guess a couple? Tele. Uh, well, there, I know I know of one, but I don't think it's spelled the same, which would be telephone. You're right. It's not. You're absolutely right. It's not. So let's but that, go. Like, I can't really think of any more tele ones that right, would be right. spelled the same. I just know that it's almost the exact same word. It's just not spelled the same. It's not exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, for instance, I was, I was listening right now. Telegram, but telegram is telegramma. It has another A. At the yeah, end. or telephone is telefono. Right. In right. Spanish. Right, 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 right. So here's one. Here's one. Video. Video is the same? Yeah, yeah. Exactly the same. Oh, crap. How do I say that in Spanish? I'm just going to say it's uh, video. Yeah. You know, that, was, that was really simple. <laughs> With a little bit of, like, just a slight emphasis in the wrong area or the right area, depending on where you're at. Okay. Right, right, right. Here's one. Here's one that's kind of hard. Irrefutable. There's some rolled R's in that one. Irrefutable. Irrefutable. Almost. Oble. Almost. Or, Something like that. But don't, don't judge me on my Spanish. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you one thing you can do better than me. I can't roll my fucking R's. You can't do the R. That's why they kicked me out of Spain. <laughs> <laughs> I can't roll my R's and I'm a Spaniard. So, irrefutable. Irrefutable. Yeah. 
Okay. And then there's another one that's kind of similar, and this one you probably nail if you've heard this one, which is irreversible. Uh, irrefusable? That's a refutable one. one. Uh, irreversible. Irreversible. That's spelled. That's kind of what the trick is. Irreversible. Yeah. Okay, so it's irreversible? Almost. Irreversible. Irreversible. See, you did an A, and it was an, it's an I. Irreversible. Irreversible. There you go. Okay. And that reminds me of a word you actually love, which is irre, irregardless. <laughs> don't don't, Robert don't confuse people with love when it's head, hatred. So here's the thing. The so, word that doesn't exist that everyone uses. Exactly. So we're, we're going to give you guys a form on that. So there's Irregardless is a bastardization, a bastardized blending of irrespective of and, and regardless. Regardless, exactly. There are two completely different terms, which I'm probably going to make appear in my hands in this on screen. <laughs> exactly. So, what was it again? Yeah, regardless and irrespective. You can say irrespective of your choice, I'm just going to do this, or regardless of what choice you make, I will be doing this. Irregardless does not exist. It's not English. There's, it's not anything. There's a ton of people we actually know that use it, and some of you know who you are. So we're not Shame, gonna, shame. Yeah. I know your name. <laughs> we're not going to insist on this here sheet. Also, if you get the reference that I just did, kudos to you. Let me know down below. I don't know what the title of that's what you already went up on funds if you know that reference, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're gonna, he's gonna have you have some time. Okay. So, oh, okay, let's do some more. Um, how about we did irreversible, right? Yeah, we did irreversible. Oh, here's a couple of funny ones with the I. Um, how about impossible? Oh man, because I know the I is an E sound. You can do it, dude. Like you, you know a lot more. You're just getting blind because we're doing it now. But yeah, well, I know now it's like this now out. it's on the spot. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> no, I know, you know a lot more Spanish than that. Impos impossible. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Impos yeah. Sorry. Impossible. Impossible. Exactly. Yeah. I thought of another I, but I can't remember now. So impossible. Inadmissible. No, inadmissible has two S's in Spanish, only one. So that one doesn't count. Um, here's another one. Lunar. Lunar. And just be lunet or l lunar. Almost. I'll right? Open the A. Lunar. Lunar? Yeah, because you're doing lunar. Okay. It's almost an E. So E's in Spanish are E. Well, that's why I was trying to go er instead of ar. So lunar. Lunar, lunar. Yeah, that's. Okay. Yeah. How about commercial? That was that was hard. Commercial would be uh, commercial. No. <laughs> nice. That's uh, right. It sounds exactly the same. Uh, no, this one's really hard. Actually, I didn't realize until I said it. Commercial. Um, comer. Yeah. Ciel. Perfect. Commercial. Perfect, actually. I'll tell you why I said it was hard. It's because most Spanish-speaking countries will say it the way you did. Mm -hmm. And the center of Spain, the original Spanish, will say comercial. Ithiel? They put like yeah. a TH sound in there? Yeah. And I'll tell you why. So, oh, this is a great time to talk about the famous lisp thing. I fucking hate that myth. <laughs> so there are some people, you probably, those of you that have studied Spanish in the States will probably have heard about a myth of the Spanish king that had a lisp. And that's why the original Castilian accent has a th sound instead of the S sound. Okay. 
That would make sense, yeah. And I'm about to reveal here why that is a load of bullshit. We are many things, but we don't have a lisp. And here's why. Yeah, do tell. A lisp is when you can't make a distinction between two different sounds. Right. Right? It so happens that Castilian Spanish has the S sound. We pronounce yes. We don't yes. say when we say serpent or snake, serpiente. We don't say serpiente. We say serpiente, mm-hmm. right? But then when we do a C, then we say th. You know what? Really? Yeah. Okay. So, for example, San Francisco, not San Francisco, San Francisco. And here's where you can tell a total snob that doesn't know Spanish. It's starting to sound Spanish. We'll say <laughs> San Francisco. <laughs> but the thing is, San is San with an S, and Fa in Francisco is a Fa. So the only thing that happens here is that it's a different accent. And so the, the one that has the S thing got popularized worldwide. Right. And Whereas the C the one C was, yeah. it just stayed local. And it's kind of like British English versus rest of the world English kind of thing. Ah, oh, yeah, like aluminium. Yeah. Where does the extra letter come from? Aluminium? Because originally it was there. Somebody took it out. <laughs> you don't spell it that way. America. Yeah. Well, but, <laughs> doesn't Australia do the same thing, though, too? Uh, yeah, I think Australia does. Because I, like, I think the worldwide says Gloucester, and only in England they say Gloucester. Something like that, yeah. I'm going to translate for you. I, to, I, do you are you looking for Gloucester Road? Gloucester Road. Gloucester Road. Gloucester. He's actually looking for Gloucester Road. I'm Where pro- else is it? Uh, like, Worcestershire sauce. I, I always read that like a Worcestershire sauce. Oh, yeah. Well, and then there's other things, too, where, like, I'm sure the rest of the world, if they were looking at a map of the U.S., they would look at somewhere like... Uh, uh, St. Louis, and they would say St. Louis, but if you go to St. Louis, it's St. Louis. Oh, there you go. And New Orleans. New Orleans. And New Orleans. So yeah. everyone says New Orleans. Except and then you go there, and they're like, no, it's New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't Where it's like, it, it almost becomes one word at that point. Right, 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 yeah. And there's a lot of that stuff happening in history. So, case in point, the whole, like, when did tomato turn into tomato? Or the other way around, when did tomato go tomato? Or that's one of my favorite phrases, too, where people are like, oh, I don't know if it's this or this. And you just go, ah, tomato, tomato, whatever. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, because there's a sound about it, too. Like, tomato, 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 about potato, it? potato. Let's call the whole thing off, you know? Oh. Yeah, there's a famous <laughs> jazz, I think it's a jazz standard. Tomato, tomato, let's call the whole thing off. That whole thing is like, that, that speaks to the evolution of language. The so language is continually changing. And that's why you can trace things back, but sometimes it doesn't make any sense. For example, the word regula, where regular comes from, yeah. is the exact origin of the word rule. It's a Latin word for rule. Regula? Regula. And the, the word regular comes from as a rule, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so if it's something that happens on a regular basis. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's very good. But now here's what's funny. So how so people will ask themselves, how can rule come from regular? Especially when in Spanish it's regla. Regla. Regla, regla. I not remember I can't roll my R's. Regla. There you go. The U in Spain, the U gets falls out like boink, you know, from regular, it just drops off and it becomes regla. There's no more U. Oh really? Okay. But in English, the R and the G drop off. And you say rula, you know, which if you say quick is rule, you know, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Rula, you know, so somebody just started going over the years. It was regular, 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 you know, and in Spain, it was more like regular, 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 you know what I mean? So that's really like, that's something that really fascinates me is like how things get shifted and pinched 
like over time right. in different areas. Like if it starts here and it splits up, it's almost like the um, Galapagos Islands with the uh, the finches. Okay, and they have like the different finches that just evolved different ways because they were trapped on these little island ecosystems. Oh, right. And each one of them was slightly different, so they evolved a little differently from each other right. while evolving at the same time. And it's kind of like that. That's with, a perfect example. Language. Yeah, that's what happens with language. So that's why sometimes you say, "Oh, that comes from Latin." And somebody else will go like, well, it doesn't sound anything like that. Right. But then if you go back to the root, you go like, oh, it just went these. Makes total sense then. Because accents are so different. So for another case in point, so like I, how would you spell I in English? With the letter I. Oh, well, good. <laughs> well, you can also I say, mean, unless you mean like the word I for like your eyeballs. I, I, I meant the, the sound I, but, you know, because you can do the letter I. Yeah. You can also do I as in E-Y-E. Yep. You can also do A-Y-E. Yeah. Uh, I suppose, yeah. Originally. When I think of that one, I don't think I, I think I. Right. Like, but, there's a little But we say I, I, Captain? Uh, yeah, I guess that's point. So in the old English, it was that. Right. My point with that is that in Spanish, that is a Y. Okay? As, as we just saw, in English, there's three spellings that you can make the same sound with. In Spanish, it's either A-Y or A-I you can make that sound with. In French, get this, it's O-U-I-double-L-E. For I? Yeah. I thought that was... How do you spell we? O-U-I. <laughs> so it's just O-U-I. L-L-E. And now it's I. <laughs> if you look at a comic when somebody goes, oh, when somebody steps on your toe and someone goes, Arr! it says yeah. O-U-I-I-L-L-E, which it's... any Spanish would pronounce O-U-I-I-L-E. You know, yeah. so it sounds weird. It sounds weird as fuck. Yeah, because then you get the two O's and it's like tortilla and right. it's like, yeah. And if you think about it, all of the French phonetics make no sense. There's always like 18 extra vowels where there should be just one or two. Right. And one day I heard this theory, which I thought was fascinating. This guy said that the scratch, it, that uh, the whole fucked up spelling of French is a code that the scribe guild made up so that they could spot an imposter and an infiltrator. So really? Somebody who hadn't paid their dues in the scribe guild that was actually ch- getting money to translate and write letters. This is in the time where no one could write, read or write, so it was exactly had a job. It was like, I need to send a love letter. Or I need to write I need to, to do my this father. for somebody. And now you pay a scribe in the street and they would have their little toolkit with their, you know, and they would just write it for you and put a little seal and charge you. And there was a guild for this. And so if anybody learned how to read or write by, on their own, they were just rogues and they didn't pay their dues <laughs> to learn to the scribe guild, they would spell shit the way it sounded instead of with this all convoluted. Right. And so they would spot him and outcast him or whatever it is they did to people they felt were imposters. So that's a story I heard. And it's so interesting. So instead of like giving them credit for going off and being able to try and learn something themselves, they just chastised them because they didn't do it the right way. Yeah, um, have you? Yeah, have you observed like the instinct for monopoly that that society struggles with constantly? <laughs> How people try to close a market from so that they can only control it. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I'm definitely familiar with a couple of those that I have to deal with on a fairly regular basis. Content being one of them, you know. Yeah, no kidding. So you got to pay your dues here, or else you get like ostracized. Anyway, that's a different conversation. So yeah, so that's the whole the whole story about the phonetic mix up. Yeah, and just comes from that because I'm really proud of my accent. Like uh, somebody that's not from the states will listen to me, will hear me speak English, and they will think he sounds American. Did you know that? 
No. Because here I don't. Here I clearly don't. But if I talk to a British person, they say, like, you sound totally Oh, so like anywhere outside of the U.S. Correct. They're like, oh, totally. Correct. You know, like, so I was from like, the proud of my not English. American. Right. My English in Spain sounds so cool. And I was super proud of it. And then I come here, like, yeah, yeah. And, and friends and girlfriends would tell me, why don't you have a cool Spanish accent? I'm like, shit. <laughs> and it still sounds weird, you know? So, yeah, so that's my uh, story. To be fair, that. I think it sounds awesome. Thank you. In my personal opinion. I think it sounds weird as fuck, but you know, <laughs> it's a fun one. Um, one of my siblings actually is a professor. She's a communications professor. But she learned, so the reason I speak this English is because I learned in Germany. So my only options were German or English. Right. And I only heard Spanish at the end of the day at home when I got home. So I got to pick up on this Germanic accent. I never picked up the Spanish accent. A couple of my siblings learned English in Spain. So they were too young when we were in Germany to go to school. So do they have more of that like traditional sort of Spanish accent with English? Exactly. So my sister, who lives in the States too, and she is a professor, she speaks better English than I do, but she sounds like Antonio Banderas, you know, because she (laughs) has the very distinct Spanish sound. And that goes back to the whole thing of how your brain gets sounds mixed up. So if you learn surrounded by a certain sound interpretation, it's a lot harder for you to pick up an accent. Yeah, And so exactly. if, if you're a child, and I was a child, I was barely learning Spanish when I started learning English and German. So my brain was wide open and I picked up the accents a lot better. I have a different accent. And every single one of my siblings, there's five of us, we all speak several languages. Right. When we switch, what we in Spanish we all sound from the same part of, the, of Spain. When we switch to English or French or German, we will all sound from different parts of the world. <laughs> so, so you're speaking to your own sibling and they sound like from Liverpool and I sound like <laughs> So, yeah. So we got to talking about this, remember, because, um, because we talked about how weird I pronounced astronaut. And I still don't know how oh, to Oh, that's right. That's right. We did. When we were doing the ancient astronaut thing. The ancient and, alien and thing, I, yeah. I have the feeling that I'm pronouncing it wrong now. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily wrong. It's just I, I've usually always heard it as astronaut. Oh, come on, Robert. You know I'm doing it wrong then. Well, it's not. It doesn't mean it's wrong. Well, it's not the way, uh, the way it. So it sounds like the way that you're pronouncing it uh, with astronaut, it, it sounds like AU. So it's like Austria. As opposed okay. to astronaut, which is just the A-S-T. Right, 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 right. So, so it'd like be like a, asked, if I had to think of two words that could help, like, think of it, would be like uh, Austria for astronaut or gaster for astronaut. Got it, got it. Yeah, I was saying ass as in ass. Or that, so yeah. Astronaut, you know, like that's what I was thinking. So I was thinking, <laughs> it can't be like this. But, you know, again, like, I used to say Pegasus. I used to pronounce it Pegasus. What? And people would just laugh, and I wouldn't understand why. Pegasus? Pegasus, yeah. And then I, I finally somebody drew a pig and some asses, and then I was like, oh, that's what they're hearing. Would that be the famous artist, Pablo Pegasus? Pablo, Pablo Pegasus. <laughs> Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. I'm actually really glad that you brought up the astronaut thing from when we were talking about the ancient aliens, because yeah. like there was something I we had sort of talked about there with like the origin of Astro and not and like how that kind of came right. around. So remember that was Astro, astronaut means the navigator of the stars. Right. Where Astro comes from Aster, which is means star literally. Yeah. And I believe it's Latin, maybe Latin from Greek, but definitely Latin. I think, yeah. So, and then astronomer, astrologist, that's all star related. Right. And not Remember, the U and the V are the same in Latin still. comes navigator. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. The Nautilus. You remember that? Yes, yes. Of, so an astronaut is a, a navigator. very, of, very famous ship. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, from Jules Verne, right? Yeah. We have to talk about it a couple of days. Yeah. For so sure. the navigator of the stars. So that's the whole thing that we talked about. And I, said, I remember I said we should do this in another episode. Right. So if that's astronaut, what about cosmonaut? Because I know that's what the Russians use like to call their right. space explorers. They're calling them cosmonauts. Right, so right. what does cosmo mean in that sense? Then? The cosmos is the universe. So those are just universe explorers. That, yeah, and, and the that navigator one. of the universe, the sailors yeah. of the universe. That's really so. good. I can, no, no offense, U.S., but now knowing that, cosmonaut kind of sounds better, just saying. Astronaut sounds cool, too. Like, you know, the star pilot, the star navigator, you know, it's just... Star man. I guess I, I guess there's so many words in, in American science fiction that are, you know, Star Wars, Star Man. Yeah. You know, the star fighters. Though. You have the star word so much. Yeah. The universe sounds refreshing. Well, it just sounds... So stars, I guess stars can mean any number of stars, but universe is a word to me that just... It, just feels more all-encompassing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, it feels really wide, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it feels expansive. Right. But, uh, I, I mean, I feel both so- both songs, both words are pretty cool in and of themselves. And they both come from Latin, which is really funny, because we have, you know, the Russians back in the Cold War when the space race was yep. going on, they had the, the United States and the USSR, you know, and both of them have a Latin-derived word to express the same thing. Only, you know, hey, I'm going to call it this, and fuck you, I'm going to call it this other thing. Right. And the whole reason that we wanted to do sort of this thing today was because of talking about the origins of words and what that's actually called in the study of that, which is etymology. That's right. And now, specifically related to etymology, there was... Um, Something that you did on your blog a while ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were called, I believe you called them your etymology quickies. Yeah. And they were like little infographics with illustrations yeah. that you did. That I call sort them of simplographics, like, right? Simplographics. I like that. Just, yeah. They're kind of simpler than your regular infographic, which is more about data. And- right. And these ones uh, definitely. Um, break down the words a little bit more. And I I just, I wanted to go through some of those today. Okay. And I think those would be a really fun thing to kind of talk through. And for any of you that are listening to this and you're not watching this on YouTube, which by the way, it is also available in video form on YouTube. uh, For any of you that are listening to this and would like to follow along with us, um, we're actually going to put a link down below to where you can get your hands on uh, those uh, images as well. uh, So you can follow along and then, yeah, because the blog they originated from no longer exists. I took that down a few years ago. Right, right, right. So, yeah, so we're just going to make them available. We'll put them up on site and we'll put some links. So, yeah. So, just a disclaimer for anyone out there who is strictly listening to this in podcast form. Uh, we are going to be looking at stuff on screen and we will talk a little bit through some of that. But if you want to follow along, click those links. All right, so the first one we're going to go through here is cephalopod, and it's breaking down the word that describes what many of you would know as like octopi or squids or cuttlefish or anything that has like the little tentacles and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like the first point here, um, the, the first half of this is sort of an origin from an ancient Greek word of, how do you say this, Fonz? Is it kefail? So if I were reading in English, I would definitely say kefail. But when I'm speaking Spanish and from having listened to some people that speak Greek, right. I would say it's kefale or kefalos. Kefale? Yeah. Kefale, yeah. Okay. With the PH, is still that F sound? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yep. And then, so that means head. And then pod, which is just foot. So it's literally head, foot. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all they are. Right, right, right. 
So then he goes down and he breaks down um, each individual piece of this. So if we start at just the cephalopod or with the cephalo part of it. It just explains little examples of right. the same exact root used elsewhere. Right. So below that are just like little examples to kind of give you a demonstration of other places it could be used. Mm-hmm. So for cephalo, we have encephalogram, which is literally just a measure of the head. Or for pod, we have tripod, which many of us are familiar with, and we're using a bunch of them in the studio today. Mm-hmm. But it just means three-footed or right. three feet. So yeah. that's why humans would be um, bipods, bipods or bipedal. Yep, yep, exactly. Because we just have the two feetsies. And, and that's why you know people that walk on foot are pedestrians. Uh, there you go. Yep. And, and that also helps you guess that tripod, that tri is three, or it's the root of the word three. Right. So, so there's that's other you things the, that you can actually make inference off with all these Exactly. You, you get the context clues, essentially, to sort of build up what other stuff, of the, what other that could be. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I don't think I've ever heard of this word before. Macrocephalus? Yep. Macrocephalus, which just means big-headed. Uh, and then the last one here you know, for pod would be a podiatrist, which is just a foot doctor. So there you go. Now you know. An easy way to remember uh, what kind of a doctor a podiatrist is is pod foot. Foot doctor. Right. And then after those four examples, this does a recap. It kind of recaps the first image, but whereas in the first image you were just breaking down the origins, now you're putting it back together, so to speak. Right. So it's more of a what is it directly – if you're going to read this, like say you were translating it from Latin to – what would be known as English now, it's literally just head with feet. And that's Cephalopod, what, head with feet. That, that's actually the name of the species that have the octopi. <laughs> so that's what that was really. It's a, it's a head that has feet. Now, just actually. to give another little uh, tip of the hat back to the ancient astronauts episode, mm-hmm. have you also heard the theory that cephalopods, because they're so genetically different from anything else we have on the planet, are actually an alien species that crash landed like via an asteroid no. on earth millions of years ago and just sort of developed along with us. And so that like octopi and squids and everything are actually remnants of an alien species that crash landed on earth just because their genetic markers are so very different from right. everything else on the planet. But right. no, I haven't heard of that. And we should, if you want, we can make another episode where we talk about the leaps in logic. <laughs> I, just, I think it's a really everything interesting Everything came out of, fly, out of flying saucer. I think it's damn interesting that there's a species like cephalopods that are so, so very, very different from all other known species. Right, exactly. I think that's fascinating. I also think it's fascinating that there's always somebody that's willing to take it. It's from space. To, yeah. It's aliens. It's got to be. came in a flying plate, and these guys <laughs> crawled out and then became squid. That's why them octopi are so smart and can open open jars and shit because they're really alien. Calamari invaders. Actually, oh, um, can we get calamari after this today? Yeah, when I see, yeah, sure. I'll, when I look at one of these, I just think of Tulu. Tulu? Tulu, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just like to, any Lovecraft, like, weird evil name, I always like to pronounce it like I have a date stuck in my throat. You know? <laughs> Tulu. <laughs> so, there. So, what do you think of that one, then? I think that's great. Hold on, let me... You kind of knew that one, right? Or... So that one, um, with the cephalopod, that one wasn't as big of a a one for me, um, just because I kind of knew some of that before, like with pod, I knew mm-hmm. that one. Um, so cephalo was kind of a new one, or 
Kefele or however it was pronounced in Greek. I'll tell you. Okay, here I'll tell you now. Though, so right? Th- this this one comes. This one comes. One of my best friends' mother is Greek. Okay. Um, she actually passed away recently. Um, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Here's a fifi. Um, um, and she used to have this really really funny remark when we were teenagers. Okay. Where she would tell us that we were thinking a lot with the microcephalus. When we should be thinking with a macro <laughs> if you catch my drift. Oh, I caught it. <laughs> so she'd be like, and she was really funny talking. Like, I remember her with, you know, she was just such a sweetheart. And she'd be like, you're all thinking with a macro and you should be thinking with a macro at your age. You know, and we'd all be like, yeah. Was it extra word on the phallus part for the micro? Actually, no, it wasn't. That, I never made that connection, see? Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. You know what? We we should we should research the etymology of phallus at one point because I'm sure that it's somehow related. And she being Greek doesn't even see it because right. I, I bet you anything. It's just the word. Oh, you know, you know what? So the, here's case in point in etymology. Without knowing it, I'm gonna make an educated guess. All right, I'll here we go. You. On the spot etymology. Phallus breakdown. Phallus means appendix. Oh, think so? Yep. And kephalos is probably the cap appendix or something like that. Something along those lines. You know? The top appendix or the, the capital appendix or something like that. All right, all right. We're just going to leave it there. And Faust is just like the thing that sticks out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's move into the next one here. This next one is for geocentric. Now, so with geocentric, this one, your illustration here is a little interesting. And I think it's a perfect one for this one. So the whole like two parts of this one is from ancient Greek geo, which means earth. And then kentrikos? Yeah, I would say, yeah. Kentrikos? Yeah. Okay. Uh, over a center. So it looks like it's a representation of the the solar system, except it's with Earth in the center as opposed to the sun. This is actually inspired in an illustration from pre-Renaissance. Okay. That I found amazingly beautiful. So I, this is actually a recreation of that in the style right. of etymology quickies. Right. So this this graphic representation of the universe exists. It's actually the old, before we realized that the, the, the Earth, old thought process, Before right? Galileo yeah. stated actually that, that the Earth moved. Right. You know, he's, he's said to say, and, and yet it moves. You know, while he was being forced to say no it doesn't because um, yes. it was anti-religious it was blasphemous um, so until Galileo dis- discovered or postulated the, the formulated the theory that the earth actually moves around the sun and not the other way around everybody thought that the asteroids moved around the earth right so that's what that is the geocentric universe um, hypothesis the, um, concept concept yeah the word and he, you know to be fair to everyone back then I mean, if all you ever knew was like the solid ground that you were on from day to day and you're just watching these things go in the sky, I could definitely see how people thought that, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the center and everything just goes around it Mm -hmm. because they're not feeling movement, even though there is. Right. Because of gravity and all that stuff. Right, right, right. And then, yeah, right. And then they start, they start realizing that the asteroids are moving with the astronomers and still, but still they don't have any reference to know that we're moving to. Exactly. So, yeah. So that took a time, a while to figure out, you know. So a couple of um, examples here that you have for geo would be like geology, which is the knowledge of the earth. Mm-hmm. And I love this little illustration of this guy who's picking up a rock. He's like, the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Is this a potato or a rock? I don't know. He's a geologist. <laughs> He's like, hey, here's a rock. It's different from the other rock. Wow. I hope it's a geode. 
I totally, that one went right over my head. Uh, so geode, uh, it's a type of rock that um, when you crack it open, it's full of crystals on the inside. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I think some people also call them, uh, God, what is the, agates, I think, is another oh, word for I, them or something like that. In Spanish, agata. Yeah, I, I know that word. I yeah. I know that. Which one did you So geode is what I called them as a kid. Where it's just like a little round rock, and when you crack them open, they're full of uh, crystals. Typically, they're like volcanic material that's just sort of like forms, and it's like an air pocket in the inside that has the, the minerals that then form into crystals over a long period of time. Right, right, right. And, but the, the crust is just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like a rock on the outside. And so it's well, when you crack it open, you're like, ooh. The, but the crystals are rocks, too. That's kind of why I'm, that, I'm that, yeah. Okay, so my meaning is that it looks like a boring-ass rock on the yeah, outside. Yeah, and then you open it up. And, and then it's, it's like, like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's all like Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, another one would be geography, which is the representation of Earth. And then you have graphy, you know, from graphic design, Telegram and telegraph, and they're very, very slight differences, you know? Right. So, so telegraph would be graphically send graphics across. Right. Across distance. And telegram, it's kind of, actually, they're synonymous. Telegram really? is, is Well, when I think telegram, I think of, um, <laughs> this may sound really dumb, but for, when I think telegram, I think of like an actual like paper that That's gets handed to somebody. No, no, you're actually t dead on. Okay. So the telegram is a message. Okay. The telegraph is the technology that makes that message get across. Oh, so the telegraph sends the telegram. Right, right, right. And, and here's where I'm, my etymology is failing, because at this point, we just hit the point where I can't tell the difference between graph and gram. And when we're done recording this, I'm going to go look it up. <laughs> you know, but there is, a, there is a slight difference, just like with geology is the knowledge and geography is the representation. Right, I right, think right. gram and graph have a completely different, you know. Okay. A slightly, very slightly different because both of them are representations, but one one might be just visual and the other one is, I don't know, so coded, a code of, maybe the word is code, actually. Ooh, that's a good, yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you got photogram versus photograph. You got the same thing. Yep. You know, so. Well, and then, yeah. So there's a lot of different ways that we could look at that one, too. Yeah, so we, we will get back to you on that. Graph versus gram. Mm-hmm. We should do one of that. <laughs> uh, so the second half of this one for geocentric is the centric part of it. And I like that one of your example, your first example for that one to be like, oh, is another way that you can use it is actually heliocentric, which is centered on the sun, which mm -hmm. is what we actually are. So I like that um, showing like, oh, this is the old thinking and this is what it actually is sort of actually, like I don't think playing it, here. You, no, you're right. But, but there's one little slight difference there. Our solar system is heliocentric. Right. But our universe is not. And That's also the heliocentric, true. back in the day, we thought that the universe also evolved our solar system. So <laughs> here's a repetitive... Here's Before a re we got the concept of galaxies within a larger universe sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the recurring theme here is that the more you know, the more, you know, the more aware you are of what an ignorant you are. <laughs> so when we started out, it was like, the, everything evolved around us. And as we know more, we're like, um, in fact... Nothing, really. <laughs> Literally <laughs> nothing. So we're probably revolving about around what, you know, so. Right. And it's just our solar system. It's not even the galaxy because the galaxy is actually all around a black hole in the center of it, which is pulling everything in. Well, and this is the thing. Do we really know that there's a center of the galaxy or is that in the center, center of the universe or center of the galaxy? Because we know there's a center oh, of a galaxy. Oh, there you go. Right, right. So now I'm assuming that the galaxy is the universe and we realize we're in one of many myriads of galaxies. Oh, my God. There's, kind of, yeah. Right, right, right. 
there's how, a trillion other galaxies out there. And that's where I get lost. Like, how do we know? I, I got to brush up on this a little bit because I'm I, obviously this isn't my field of expertise. Uh, don't go too far down the rabbit hole. Otherwise, you start to feel like you. It doesn't even matter anything that you do in life because you're such an infinitesimal speck on the rest of everything. I else. already, I already kind of feel that way. <laughs> I know. It's just every time I'm like going off and doing research on it, I just get this overwhelming feeling of like, oh, I'm so small in this universe of things. <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm not going to keep going because we're going to end up philosophizing. That's right. another episode. Right. But that was a really good point. And so the second part of this one for uh, centric would be centrifugal. Um, so it's like centrifugal force, right? Right. Yeah. So escaping from the center. So it's like you, the example you're showing here is that if you're swinging like a bucket of water around, mm -hmm. it's going to use the, the force of that or to keep the water in the bucket. The water tries to escape the center of the force. That's why it's centrifugal. Right. And remember, fugal is as in fugitive means to escape. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so that makes everything, sense. As you can, so the whole point of etymology is that you don't have to memorize a ton of words to be able to deduce or in infer what a word that you've never heard of actually means. Right. So that's the whole point of that. So Right. So in the last piece of this here is just going over again, geocentric, if it was going to be directly translated as something you covered off earlier, which is literally just centered on the Earth. So, yeah. And in the graphic here, what I'm explaining is the orbit of the moon is actually geocentric. Right. So just like the geocentric vision of the universe was incorrect, it is correct to the describe the moon <laughs> having a geocentric orbit because it does in fact orbit around the Earth. Right. Until we hear otherwise. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still on board for the spaceship theory. Yeah. I, I still think everything evolves around the Earth. <laughs> All right. So this next one is something that's very kind of near and dear to both of us simply because we happen to be in the spot for this one. So it's Minneapolis. So this one is a little different. So instead of like totally ancient Greek, this one also has some Dakota stuff, right? Yeah, I really like this one because this one's a mixture of two languages. I find few of these. Right. Typically, we're looking at ancient Greek. This one actually yeah. has ancient two Greek slash Latin is what we've right, done right. so far. But yeah. So it's mini, which is just M and I for water. Mini. I would say mini. Mini. And it turns into mini over time with, you know, like tomatoes. Tomato. What we were talking about earlier. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then polis, which is city. As a metropolis. Yeah. Apollos is, yeah, is I'll say, yep, yep. Which Superman has to protect, Metropolis. Is Metropolis one? That, that's the city that Superman lives I'm in. I'm just thinking of the Fritz Lang classic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's, that's really interesting that, um, like, Minneapolis is literally the, when you think about it, it's the water city um, because of the way that it's done here. And I just think that that's really cool because, I mean, we, this is the, favorite line of you know minnesota is the land of ten thousand lakes so we have it on the license plate in the right, that's true <laughs> the back of the bumper car man. And the, the bumper cars I just, you don't remember up in smoke your license where's your license it's on the bumper man back there man no i mean your license <laughs> so in the license plate in minnesota the reason we're doing making this crack is that has um it's front and back but in like the western states it's just in the back right? okay yeah 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 and it just says land of ten thousand lakes on every yeah on, on all on of the our generic uh, license plate in minnesota that's what it says yeah so what's really interesting about this is that you talk about uh minneapolis being the city of water but when we talk about the name of the state minnesota 
it's cloudy clear water yeah so what so I is that the soda part that is like the cloudy part of it i think yeah i think soda must mean from the different sources that i read that's what i got most right. sources say uh cloudy water okay but some sources many sources say cloudy or clear water and they explain what i have in this illustration that um a native american explained to these pioneers these western colonists yeah, he demonstrated by pouring milk on water, and he said Minnesota or whatever, however you pronounce it. And what I my my guess with all of that is that Minnesota means the cloudiness of water. Okay. So whether it's cloudy or clear, you know, it's, it's right. It it just means the clarity of water or the cloudiness of water. Okay. So no, that um, makes a lot of sense. And that's where that that illustration comes from. That because the Native American demonstrated the water by pouring milk in a little stream. I like and, that. And clouding the water. So. And then the next one down from that is Minnehaha, which I always thought was like, <laughs> when I first moved here, I thought it was like a joke. Because it, it just sounds like laughing. Yeah. Ha ha. Well, isn't there like, uh, I've always thought it was so funny because there's like, uh, I think it's in 94, in, in, in Highway 94, there's an exit that's Cretan Avenue, Minnehaha. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like where all the Cretans are, ha ha. You know, I, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I always thought it was really stupid. No. Uh, and I, I know that's an asinine interpretation, but I always thought it funny, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, um, so it seems like from your research, haha actually means fall. So it's just waterfall. It's a literal waterfall. Right. And we maybe, talk it about mean, maybe it doesn't mean fall. It means cascade or whatever. Because remember, like a, a, a waterfall in Spanish, for example, is a cascade of water. That's, that's true. Fall. Yeah. So who knows what haha really means? But it's we know that many has a waterfall. Yeah. Whether they use the word fall to express that, that we don't know. But we do know it's a waterfall. Yeah. And the actual many fall, many haha falls, right? Yeah, Minnehaha Falls. Minnehaha Falls, that just means the waterfalls. The waterfall falls. The waterfall falls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then for Polis, you have uh, Constantinopolis. Well, I know it is Constantinople. Right. Constantinopolis. Well, it was Constantinopolis, but somebody did the tomato tomato thing and it turned into Constantinople. Oh, really? That's why it's there in parentheses, yeah. Constantinople. So if I would have just put Constantinople, it, people wouldn't have gotten that clear. So I, right, because it doesn't it have easier. the it doesn't have the Polish part of it. Right, it just means the city of Constantine. Yeah, the uh, the emperor, you know, the first emperor to make the Roman Empire Christian. Right, right. You know, he was like, hey, it's good for me. Not like Constantine the witch hunter is a whole different Constantine. I, I never even heard of that dude. What? Yeah, what is that? That's from some kind of. Saga or something. No, 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 no. It's like, a, I don't know if it came from a comic book or where it came from originally, but Constantine is, um, he's almost a riff off of uh, Van Helsing, but for like angels and demons oh, focused, right. yeah. as opposed to like, you know, witches and werewolves and all that stuff. But he's more like an angels and demons thing. Uh, there's actually a Keanu Reeves movie where it stars Keanu Reeves and he is Constantine. Okay, I think um, I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, and then there's like a there's a whole other comic series related to like DC Comics and oh, stuff yeah. like that. But Constantine is you know also the guy with the bull neck. You know he's quite the fighter. He's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's the first emperor to consolidate the empire under Christian the Christian Yeah. So he comes from he is the the heir of one of the emperors that was sending all the Christians to the lions. And then he came and said, dude, this is bad for business. Like, yeah, like one religion based on one God, that really makes things a lot simpler. So, right. And then, you know, and then he turned 
I think it was him. Diocletian was it that? I think under his rule, the, the empire became sure, yeah, and, yeah. and Constantinople, which later became Istanbul, yeah. which was Byzantium. Istanbul, Istanbul, Istanbul. Eventually, turns into the <laughs> capital of the Roman Empire and the capital of the Byzantine Empire for almost a millennium after that. Which is crazy to think about. But yeah, we can talk about that some other time. Another that's a time. huge story. What I want to talk about, though, are cosmopolitans. Here we're in cosmos again. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the you know the polis in this one being a little different and being cosmopolitan. So the pola in that one being universal city slicker, which seems weird for the name of a really popular drink. I okay, really popular so cocktail. I went a little bit free. I, I did a little bit of a. Uh, Free form here. Um, I was gonna. I can't find the. Does your, does your illustration gal only have a singular eye? No, it's just the other eye is covered under her um, hair. Okay. What do you call the? Just like the the bangs or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. bangs are covered whenever her hair. Okay. I, I actually now that you're saying that I prefer to say that she just has one eye. She's a. Well, there could almost be read like a cyclops. She's, yeah, she's, she's a cyclops um, alien. Well, she's um, having a universal beverage here, right? And remember, like, everything <laughs> comes from a flying saucer from elsewhere. <laughs> Here's why I totally freeballed this one. Um, so, cosmopolitan, I called it universal city slicker. I thought it was a free translation that explained it better. But cosmopolitan, what it really means is the city of the universe, the universal city. Got it. And it it, it comes to refer to a person that belong, is a citizen of the world, actually. Right. And if you think of the word citizen, it comes from city, too. So a cosmopolitan is really a citizen of the world, of the universe. It's somebody that doesn't have a a hometown because they feel that they are so well-versed in the ways of the world, they're so well-traveled, they, that they are they have a, a vast culture that transcends locality, so to speak. You know? Could that also just be interpreted as humans would be cosmopolitans of Earth? Yeah, if you want to stretch it that way. But my point is the word cosmopolitan tends to be a more snotty. It has a more right. snotty meaning. It's it's more about somebody that's worldly. Somebody, a sophisto. It's really a, a, a sophistic well, term we could, for sophisto. Well, we could bring it back, you know. So that's why. Give no, but, it a new meaning. But go, Yeah, but first let's <laughs> talk about the, the original. <laughs> the actual meaning, yeah. So I'm trying to tie it to the whole, you're asking me about the cocktail. The cocktail is named after this whole pseudo-sophisto thing. Right. Pinky sticking out, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. A cosmopolitan, like, yeah, I, I want to have a cosmo. It's kind of a pretentious little cocktail. It's just, if you think about it, you know, there's marketing a cocktail has to do with a lot of pretentiousness. Case in point, the Moscow Mule, which no one knew what the fuck that was, like, several years ago. And some genius, I think it was in Boston, came up with it. This comes up with a little kettle prop. <laughs> and a leaf sticking out. Now everybody's in love with that shit. They show it in a couple of TV shows. And now everybody's like, let me know. Yeah. That's my favorite drink because it looks cool. It really doesn't taste something that, you know, <laughs> different from a mojito with vodka. It's really what it fucking is. That's true. So same with Cosmopolitan. It's a Cosmo. It tastes better because the sound of the name is... Fancier. It's so, exactly. I was waiting for you to do the voice. I was wondering what you were going to get to. It just sounds, you know. Yes, it's all about doing the voice, you know, and you get really nasally, and you're just, you're talking about my cosmopolitan. There you go. That's exactly what that is. Yes. You just need to sound really pretentious and like you really don't care about anyone else. <laughs> it's, uh, we're just better than you. Get bent, motherfucker. 
All right, so there, Cosmopolitan, <laughs> you nailed it. Right, and then bringing it all back around to Minneapolis, which again, is water city. Uh, and then we have this nice image of the skyline here. It's a great yeah, little send-off for that one. My attempt at Lake Calhoun. Well, it's not Lake Calhoun anymore. Oh, that's right. I don't even know how to... Speaking of language, yeah. Yeah. Um, so because of... And this is a slight tangent here, but because of... Calhoun and who he is known, how he is known here, the actions that he's done, um, it's actually been renamed to be more appropriately um, Native American focused. Uh, but I don't, I can never remember you know what's what really the actual up? name of the lake is now. You know what's messed up? Like last weekend was the last good weather weekend we had, so I went for a walk in this very lake, and now it has Native American names engraved on the sidewalk oh really of like Tatanka the Bison you know all these yeah animals. yeah yeah and I took pictures of them for the for the podcast I was like I better take pictures of this because I, I bet you there would be an opportunity so we're going to put them right here hey but guess what I didn't take a picture of the name of the fucking lake <laughs> <laughs> so I got some pictures that's alright luckily Google Maps has it and it's sitting right there the actual name of the lake now it looks like is we just pulled it up just so we had a reference is Bidet Makaska I think it is. That would be my guess. I would do the d a lot, you know, because usually when you have two consonants, it, it's it's, it's a, really a sound. So d It's You know what that reminds me of, though? No. It actually reminds me of the old uh, Bugs Bunny and like Porky Pig stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where he's like, bleh, 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 bleh. that's all, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look forward to the comments section on this one. <laughs> not, not to like insinuate anything that's just what that right, like right, right. saying it that quickly reminded me of um but yeah so it looks like Bidev Makaska yep I would say that's what the, it sounds like but yeah so no longer like Calhoun cool good correction the next one we're going to talk about here is carnivore so from Latin carnis or flesh to vore or devour. Vorare. Vorare. Sorry. Vorare. Remember Dino? Whoa. I don't actually, no. Volare? No. To Fly, that song from Dean, Dean Martin. It's not a Dean Martin song, it's actually an Italian classic. Volare. And the Gypsy Kings did all. Volare. Vorare. Yeah. <laughs> That's your pronunciation. Vorare. Okay. So carnis is actually like, so carnis being of the flesh, I think it is. Mm -hmm. Carnis so, flesh, carn. Oh, so like carne asada would be like flesh. Roasted, what is asada? Roasted flesh. Roasted flesh. Carne yeah, asada. Literally. I do love me some carne asada tacos. Mm -hmm. And carnitas. Oh, are, yeah. And little meats. Pork carnitas. Yeah, it's just little meats. So the first example you have here for carne is uh, carnival, which is a festival of the flesh. And this is quite the illustration that you have going for this well, one. It's quite literal, you know. I mean, if, well, yeah. if you think about like the carnival in Rio. Yeah, exactly. There's a ton of like fleshy exposure and it's really what a, a carnival really is that. And um, I actually recall a story. So um, if you think of Mardi Gras. Yeah, that's the example I was just thinking of too. Like, it's like, is Mardi, Gras, is Mardi Gras considered a carnival? Totally. Um, because that, I mean, in I mean if anyone's ever been to Mardi Gras, you know it's up. In Spanish, it's called a carnival. Okay. So anything that has costumes in it originates in Costume general. Costume and lack of clothes. In general. Oh, yeah, but a lack of clothes. They're skimpy costumes, though. Yes. Like everybody's wearing costumes, but they're kind but of skimpy and sexy. And exactly. That's also why I, th I think that's why in Halloween there's like this 
um, this tradition in the States and no one knows where it comes from of having the sexy, ridiculous outfits. I actually know, I had a friend who has a hilarious blog, I can't remember the title. Okay. Know, where she has like the stupidest sexy outfits. Like, sexy jalapeno. And she just found, she finds them online and then she just ridicules them on her blog and they're just hilarious. Um, Amen. I'm a sexy jalapeno. But a, car- a carnival is just really a festival of the flesh. So, fashion in Germany, here's a story that's true also. Like in fashion in Germany, which is the carnival they have in Germany, it's more, yeah. it's more known as, as a kind of Halloween because all the kids get up in costume. And stuff. Oh, sure, yeah. But back when adultery was a crime still, we're talking about like I think the 50s, 60s, and 1950, 1960s, yeah. it was still a paint penalized crime. It was legal during carnival. Oh, so, so it was like a, on your husband. Yeah. And I see special same, time period sort of thing. Right. And I've seen the same thing in that series, Treme, about New Orleans. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. By David Simmons, I think it is, and all the guys that used to do the wire. It's a fantastic series. Yeah. Uh, where they have this thing they call, and this exists in New Orleans, the uh, uh, Mardi Gras hookup. Well, it's, like, like, oh, it's like what happens me, in Vegas, but, but stays in Mar- Vegas kind of yeah. thing. I found out you cheated on me, but it was a Mardi Gras hookup. So, okay, you get a pass kind of thing. <laughs> Seriously, they talk about it that in that context. And wow. I'm sure it's a thing. Just like the German thing is a thing, too. Right, right, right. And if you just if you just see images of the real carnival, and oh you don't gosh. think there's people hooking up, you're very naive. <laughs> you know? Because that's what they're doing. So, yeah. So, that's the word literally means that. And, in fact, in Spain... Mardi Gras, the real carnival, yeah. and Fasching in Germany are all known as carnivals. Okay, so like, it's just like a gen- general term yeah. to represent all, because that's what what it is. Exactly. So an example would be, if you're in Spain and you say, like, what is Fasching? I would say, it's a German carnival. Got it. Okay. And people are like, oh, okay, I get it, you know? Right, right, right. So that's where that comes from. So, and then a different way to use carne as well would be like reincarnate. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, to acquire another flesh. So that's, um, you know, I think reincarnate. I think, I guess it's not in zombies. Zombies would be a bad example because that's like the risen it, dead. It's not getting no, a new body. Zombie is like the old carnation that, <laughs> where, where, you know, you've, you've already left that flesh and it's, they're just, well, you know. Right. Whereas reincarnate is to get a new body, essentially. To go into another flesh. A reincarnation right. is to acquire another flesh. Exactly. So, right. So, like, the um, there's actually the belief in reincarnation in certain religions. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you reincarnate as a different type of animal or a plant. Or so you just acquire. Or even sometimes just as a different person, depending on your belief system. But, yeah. Right. But you acquire the, – the point is you acquire a different body. Right. Uh, a different vehicle of your soul. It's exactly, you know? exactly. So, yeah, that's what that means. So then we have vore, or vor. So we have one example here of herbivore, which is a herb eater or an herb eater, depending on what what kind of English you want to How talk about. <laughs> but they yeah. pronounce the H or not. Um, but, yeah, so this would be like a, a – also considered like a plant eater, right? A grass eater. Yeah. That herbivore means herb means grass in certain languages. So oh, really? A grass eater, yeah. Okay. Or, or, or I should say more correctly, a grass is, a, is a, an herb. Okay. In Spanish, it's just yerba, which is the same exact root. That's why it's easier for me to make the relationship. It's, it's what again? Yerba. H-I- yerba? H-I-E-R-B-A. So it's like herb with an I inside. Except the H is silent. That's right. Aspirating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. And so, like, for example, if you think of omnivore. Yeah. That's somebody, could you guess what that means? Uh, so, well, I, I know what that would mean, but, but an omnivore means omni. So it's, um, it's like um, 
omnidirectional, so it's on, like it's everything. It's, yes, perfect. Yeah, omni-channel. But uh, yeah, when yeah. I think of omni, I think of that. So it just means that you're going to eat plants, you're going to eat meat, you're going to eat everything. So humans in general are omnivore, for right. example. Right, and um, then carnivore would be of, of the flesh. Yeah, you eat flesh. Yeah, that's really what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, but the, the reason I'm bringing that up is because herbivore and carnivore are so interesting. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah, omnivore just makes sense too. And then there's voracious, which is ravenous and then insatiably hungry. Um, <laughs> so it's just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of eating. And I would almost say that people that are voracious is another way of thinking a flesh eater as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it, it depends. Like you could be voracious about other stuff. So, That's true. So I mean, um, so I've heard it about like sex addicts, for example. Sex, or it could even be um, somebody who's a voracious drinker. Um, in reference to like alcoholism or just who, somebody who just drinks a lot or somebody that's like really avid of learning right so they're a voracious learner appetite for knowledge exactly just read 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 that I've heard that too so yeah. right um, and so what it all comes down to is carnivore literally being flesh eater mm-hmm. yep and I, I what, what is this uh, this illustration you have here is very uh, very accurate are you saying it's anatomically correct? Yes, I am. <laughs> he went the extra mile to add the details so that there is no question as to what is happening. In fact, I didn't go the extra mile at all. I took a I took a photograph of a lion that was that anatomically correct. And just copied it. And I decided I wasn't going to omit a thing because why? Well, I mean, National Geographic doesn't do it. Why should you? Exactly. So why would I add that edit to it that need not be there. You know? Exactly. So that's what I did. So I actually didn't even know that I had set us up like this talking about somebody who is a voracious drinker. Uh, but alcohol being the next one on the list here. So from th- and this one is Arabic. Yeah, I wanted to do something. I wanted, as you can see, I'm trying to snap out of ancient Greek slash Latin because there's right. so many of those. And I wanted to make an extra effort of something that would be... Something a little different. Uh, yeah, and a, and a lot harder to research. So if you look at this image at the bottom, you don't have to do it now, but right. if you look at the bottom, there's a huge footnote. You probably noticed it because you know it. You've seen exactly. it. Exactly. But there's a huge footnote with all the different... Um, <laughs> um, sources disclaimer because there's a bunch of contested stuff in here so right so I had to explain I had to justify why I made certain choices even when some of these are contested so if you're interested go read it you know it's yeah I mean definitely I would encourage it uh, again if you want to follow along with us and you've been wondering what we've been looking at this whole time uh, if you go to uh, the description of the podcast or down in the um, description of the video on YouTube. We'll have a link there for you to go uh, check it out. So with this one, alcohol, al being the, and kahul, um, which I'm trying to read this here, sublimed essence or from kahala to stain or paint? Yeah, I would not pronounce any of those differently than what you did. Okay. So cool, maybe cool is more like that instead of cool, just because you'll see it in a second because of its relations to coal. Right. Uh, but I mean, I've never, I've never heard those words pronounced out loud. So my guess is as good as you. I, I know. If anyone uh, actually speaks Arabic and wants to correct me, please feel free to do yeah, so. Yeah, correct us. <laughs> please do. So with the first one, Al. Your example, first example here of your like little drawings are um, algebra, and it says the the fix or the joint. 
and algebra being like the mathematic equation formulas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in the illustration, and now I don't remember exactly how it went, but I would love to look at those again because those are fascinating. It's the Sumerians figuring out algebra and what I never knew. So I learned algebra probably like you did as just numbers and uh, you know, with variables and exactly. yeah. and equations. And I didn't realize that those come from making a puzzle of the missing parts of this tells you how to calculate the part that's missing here. So oh. that's the drive. So it's a geometric thing. And, the and whole, you're saying this is coming from the Sumerians? It's pre it's pre Sumerian too, but but well, I was about to say you know who gave it to the Sumerians, right? Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. aliens. Well, I think it was the Indians, but, <laughs> but you know who knows? Maybe the Indians came in a flying saucer too. Well, I mean, there's Indian lore about that as well, but that's again there's, there's part I'm, two of that. I'm now getting point. very very close to being convinced that everything can be traced back to. Aliens coming in some kind of flying saucer. The minute you run out of answers, you're like, and it came from space. Look at this painting. The weird thing in there. Space. Came space from space. So, yeah, so, <laughs> but that's a Sumerian scribe actually doing algebra. And it was first applied, I think, to um, to agriculture, like just to calculate quantities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be able to, so there's like the unknown part of this comes from, and that was the fix Um Again, I don't want to get into too much detail, but when I researched that graphic that I have there, that graphic was, it just told me what algebra really is. And I was like, it just a bandage came, a veil came off of my eyes. I was like, oh, and now I forgot. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that is the fix, algebra. Uh, And then the next one we have is albatross, much different, uh, which is the diver, which is, so this one here, you actually have the albatross bird. Yes. Which is just like a big giant seabird for anyone that doesn't know what that is. Yep. Uh, they're enormous, and this like dives underwater to catch fish. So mm-hmm. hence the diver. That is, yeah. And it has al that comes from Arabic. Is al just means the something. The something. So yeah. So yeah, um, Alhambra, which is the the fortress. I think it's called the fortress or the city. The fort. I think it's a fort. It might be the city because it's a city. Yeah. But it started as a fortification. Okay. Yeah. So I think I believe that's what it means. But yeah. Yeah. So. And then we have the other part of it, uh, which is cool. Cool. Or cool. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, well, the way it's spelled here is K-O-H-L. Yep. And it's the essence of anonymity. Anti- antimony. Antimony. Sorry. <clears throat> so the way it's spelled here is K-O-H-L. And it means the essence of antimony slash sooty face paint. Yes. So hold on a second because it could be antimony. I don't antimony or okay. antimony. I don't know. I'm guessing here. When I think anti, when I hear antimony, it makes me think of alimony. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because it sounds very. And, and, and maybe so I'm pronouncing it after that, and it's antimony. Antimony. I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that coal is this um, mascara. Is this original mascara that they use in India? So when you see like the was it literally coal the, though? Well, that's what they say. Is it came from soot. So yeah, one theory, and again, it's it's, so like, it's like footnote. ashes and everything, right? So, yeah. so what they say is the beginning of that was people taking soot and putting it in their eyes, and that's why coal mm-hmm. coal comes from the same word. Also contested, okay. There's some people that say coal comes from this or this very oh, same root. Okay, okay, okay. And antimony or antimony or antimony. I don't know how you say it. Is in fact that mascara that they use today in Got India, it. in Indian countries and and that some people say comes from soot. So that's kind of why I have 
know, somebody from ancient Egypt. Right. Like doing the lines and everything. The original makeup, you know, like 5,000 years ago. And then the one below that is Cole, but it's spelled C-O-A-L, which is what we have all come to know. Um, And it's just essential matter. And it's like sooty. So where I'm struggling here on this one is between essence and soot. And right, whether those are related in the, in those like very very archaic languages that get lost in the in time. Yeah, we exactly. don't know that much about. So that's kind of where I'm kind of bridging the gap a little bit mm-hmm. with other theories that I read about. Right. So that's why coal is that in its essence, and it's also sooty, which is why alcohol is the essence or the spirit. Right. So that's what alcohol is, and that's why you know alchemy. Is that why? Is, well, sorry, uh, but is that why like? Some alcohol is called spirits. I, I have the feeling it is. And again, that's that's why I have that huge footer that we're not going to get into. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's what I, I bumped into a lot of that. And I thought that was, you know, and I kind of did what you did with ancient astronauts. I got myself. <laughs> I kind of did what you did there, which is like, I'm going to choose to like this version better. Right. Exactly. It, it aligns with, but eh, I, I acknowledge in my it. head that this may or may not be true, but it's what I'm going to choose to Right. Want to believe essentially, right? Right, exactly. So I just made that call, and now it's alcohol. Yeah, that makes sense to call me. Brandis, Brandis. Oh, here's another one where I'm like trying not to do Latin and Greek. So this next one is earthenware. So what? Where is this from? Proto-Germanic. Okay. So erda or arde. Yeah. So earth or ground, and then where or war. For goods, yeah, and, and if you see like the ones that have like long A's, that's what right. kind of Dutch eventually evolves from. So Proto-Germanic right. is pre-Germanic, yeah. So it's the precursor of, of Germanic, what we know as Germanic languages today. And both German and Dutch come from them. Okay. So I believe it's a tomato-tomato thing again. It's like depending on how it sounds in different parts of all or different Germanic tribes, right? It gets spelled this or that way eventually. Got it. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. So yeah. So Ard. Uh, you, I love your first example here for that one is aardvark, which means earth pork, which I got to admit, whenever I'm watching those Arthur cartoons as, as a kid, I was not thinking of a little earth pork chop walking around. Oh, you're going to Well, it looks like a pig and it's digging in the ground all the time. So it makes perfect sense. It makes me. perfect sense now. Like thinking right, about right. it, I was like, okay, that does make sense. But then it makes me think of like the Arthur the aardvark cartoon series that I watched as yeah, a kid. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I could eat Arthur. Yeah, were those the ones that were where the, the it came with the Pink Panther series? Were those the same ones? Mm. And he had like the the little mouth at the end of the. No, scene. no, no. It, was, it's like a very, weird. very, very like um, stylized kids cartoon show. That's more of like teaching lessons that you would get in school oh, and stuff like that. Okay, okay, yeah. So I don't know those ones. Uh, and then the next one we have is yard, which is ground enclosure. Which I have to wonder if a yard is a ground enclosure, is the measurement of a yard would have been one measurement of that ground enclosure? That's where we assume. Like a yardstick? That's where it's coming from, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so a yard is, you know, a measure of this ard. Oh, man. So if I had a front yard that was literally just a yardstick long and wide, it's like, all right, this is my my literal front yard. Well, it's like what you say, any measurement unit. Like if you say foot, yeah, it's what, what a foot measures. So yeah. a yard is like what, I mean, a measure of land. Interesting. You know? Okay. 
you know, I always kind of think of like y'all when I see this. Yeah, y'all. Imagine, yeah, Proto-Germanic people talking like, you know, yard, you know, yard, your art is, is yonder, like your art is yard and my art is yard. Oh, yard. I see. I, I, kinda, I, like, I see what you mean. You know, now. Yeah. I see, like, I just imagine those guys just talking like, yard, yard, yard. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it's probably, you know, that's probably not how it went down, but, you know, then again. Seriously, you're saying that it might be, um, so the yard could be like literally your ground. Essentially, I'm, kind of, I'm making that. I'm totally pulling that out of my ass, but that's kind of what I see. In my well, head. right, like you know, in, so. in your mind, like the word could have come from people. Just Where's like my yard? It's yard. <laughs> Did you measure? You measure yard already? It's three yards and four yards. You know, I like that. So yeah, I'm totally pulling that from out of my ass. So uh, and then where? Uh, so first example you have here is silverware. So it's silver goods, mm-hmm. and I've noticed that. The drawing that you actually have here, they're not actually silverware. These would be like iron. No, actually, tools, they would right? be silverware. Because would these still about, be silver? And here's why. And it's kind of like what the background drawing is kind of implying. So this is what the barons have in the Middle Ages. So the barons are the rich people. Right. You bet they're made of silver. Oh, okay. Because I'm used to seeing, um, like, for the example you've shown or drawn here, this looks more of like what I would see the Vikings use. Oh, I see. Because it's like the two part, the two prong fork. The prong thing. thing. Yeah. That's just because it was. I, I don't know. If, I I researched some ancient yeah, 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 yeah. and it looked like well, that. I'm sure it did. And uh, but back then, you know, like only rich people had silverware. Like you and I. Oh yeah, we'd be using our hands or something. Little right? knives, you know, like little knives that you used to like knife people and then cut the cheese that you ate. You it know? just you just cut so everything for everything. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just used it for, and then you just wiped it like, <laughs> you know, and you were done. Um, so yeah, okay. And then the second example you have here is warehouse, which is a house of goods, which makes a ton of sense since that's all you do is in a warehouse is store goods. It's a word that hasn't changed at all. Right. I mean, so that's still, still to this day. To, to exactly this day is exactly that, the so. same thing. So, yeah. Whereas, like, yard might be a little different now, but. Yeah. I just love yard, though. <laughs> yard. Or maybe Where's, it's pirates. Yeah, yeah. Where's Mars? It's yard. Yard. So, so all together, earthenware are, uh, would be goods made from the earth. Yeah, and this is easier to explain, I think, in Spanish because we use or the pottery word. for some. Right. So exactly. So so what we use in Spain to say earth is the same word that we use for soil, in ground and clay. So like which is tierra, 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 as in extraterrestrial means outside of the earth. Oh, okay. There you go. Terraform. Uh, you know, terra, tierra, tierra. Yeah. And again, I can't roll my R, so you could do tierra, tierra. T-I-E. So you have to do that. Tierra. Tierra. There you go. And uh, so goods made from the earth makes a lot more sense because you actually do see you modeling clay. Right. Because clay is, is soil in Spanish. But here, earth is more, in, in, at least from my understanding, earth is more of the planet. So goods made from the earth doesn't immediately conjure that image. No. But yeah, I see what you mean with, like, with the soil and the clay right, and all that right. stuff. Yeah. But maybe it does. I mean, to me... When I say goods made from the earth, it doesn't earthenware doesn't make that much more sense in English. But yeah, right. So the last one we're going to talk about today is disseminate, uh, and I'm not going to screw it up by saying decimate again. But this one is from Latin again. So dis wildly, and then in different directions, and then seminar, 
to plant seeds. Mm-hmm. That pronouncing that would be seminare. Seminare. But yeah, yeah. But not like a seminar, which is just mind seeds. Right. To so actually, <laughs> I, I think seminar is probably the same thing. Right. We'll get to it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the first one you have for dis is disassemble. Now I noticed that this one you put a little precursor to that says two in parentheses. Mm-hmm. So to disassemble is to take apart. Yeah, I just put the two because it's a verb. That's right. the only reason I put that. So it's the opposite of assembling. So you assemble, you put things together. Right. You disassemble is you take the assembly, you you break the assembly, you kind of t- take it apart. And the next one would be divulge or to divulge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to spread among the common or the vulgar. Now, what do you mean by the vulgar in so this instance? Vulgo in Latin just means, to put it more... Um, and use a derogatory term just because I can't find a better one. It's like sure. what they say is the great unwashed. Okay. So the vulgo is what like the rich people used to refer to the populace, you know. To anyone that was was below a certain measure. Right. Yeah. So it could translate in modern language as general population. So like everybody, the majority of everyone, because like that's who, who they were. Like the vulgo is everyone. Yeah. Except the few, the privileged few, right? Right. So to divulge is to spread among you know, everyone. It, it's like not. Don't keep the secret to the elite. Just like let it let it out there, yeah, so it exactly. spreads like wildfire, and everyone now knows. Yeah. So that's what divul- divulging is, and that's what vulgo is. And then vulgar becomes a derogatory term later, because you know what common people say is usually not considered all that elegant. Does that make sense? <laughs> like know? curse words are considered vulgar. Yeah. So like you know th- things that that people would do back in that age. Right. That were uneducated, you know, like scratching your crotch in front of everybody. That would be vulgar. You know, so that's kind of where those things start. Like you know, like you right. know, don't pick your nose, like which I do all the time in this podcast. You know, <laughs> you know, like don't do things that are not that elegant or that good. You know, right? That proper, right? Uh, so now the seminare mm-hmm. uh, side of things. So for the first one you have here is seminal. That which germinates, and I'm a big fan of this imagery here. <laughs> Going to like go record shopping and everything. Even if even if I drew like the biggest vinyl albums to be in existence, like those are definitely from space, right? Because vinyl albums are not that big, right? But I just kind of like took some liberty of drawing. <laughs> and I do like the fact that I'm seeing MC5 in here as well. Get out the jails, motherfucker! Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what this is showing is we're showing three seminal influences of punk rock. So seminal just means something that was a seed that germinated into something right, else. Right, exactly. So you, everybody agrees that Iggy Pop, um, the New York Dolls, mm-hmm. and the MC5 are precursors of punk rock. And because they were also inspiration to create that genre that came later, it's sort of what, they are seminal. Right. So the seminal albums of Iggy, MC5, and... And the New York Dolls gave us punk rock leaders, so that's kind of what that was. And those are supposed to be the Ramones, actually, <laughs> listening to it. <laughs> Even though the Ramones and the New York Dolls are pretty much um, contemporary. Yeah. And they kind of, like, pulled from one another, so to speak. So Right. But, yeah, so that's that. Uh, the next one down we have is semen. And no, I don't mean sailors. I mean semen, or the seed. That's literally what that means. And that's where, like, the word seminary comes from, to sow yeah. the seed. To sow the seed, literally. So, yeah, yeah, it's literally that. So there's no more explanation. <laughs> so when it all comes together, disseminate, or to disseminate, is to spread the seed. And good gracious, 
we are spreading the seed with this illustration. How do you mean? <laughs> uh, just because of the the way that you have. So so who is it you have depicted in here? Because what I see is uh, it's Roman. Um, it's a leader in front of an entire army who is trying to disseminate his message of like how to have an opinion or something like that. Well, you're pretty right on. That's what it is. So if you recall, in the Roman Empire, the senators also took arms and led armies. Right. In times of war. So what I'm depicting here is a seminar, a seminar, sorry, a <laughs> senator who's about to lead an army into war, into battle. Got it. And he's giving them a pep talk, uh, which I believe isn't a verb to harangue or harangue the troops. Uh, maybe, maybe I have that wrong. I'm not sure. We'll look it up. But it's like I think I've heard of harangue before, you, but that's not what I would have said. When you give like you know this big rally, to, like what, what you, the, well, I would have just said to gather the troops. I think no, but, but like what is it like? So for example, when, when a coach gets a football team in, in the dressing room right before they go out to play and gives them this big speech so that he motivates everybody. Oh, the pep talk. Is that the pep talk? Okay, so well, like to pep to like give them the pep talk or to rally the troops. Rally the troops. So would be another one to well, say. Well, rallying just means literally get them together. It's together, yeah. Then talk, or, uh, you know, you give a talk. So I think the verb is haranguing. I will look into it. Sure, yeah. Uh, but I would have sworn that term that exists. And it's just like, you know, what you do to just inflate your troops with motivation. Yeah. Like all, you know, which is, you know, generally just a brainwash exercise of sorts. <laughs> but to disseminate is to spread the seed of an idea. So that's kind of what I'm trying to illustrate here. And because right. it's Latin, I'm just using Romans. Right, because it just works. Well, that's actually all we have for these etymology quickies mm -hmm. for today. They weren't very quickie, but we went <laughs> Okay, well, they're a lot quicker if you're just reading through them. I mean, obviously, it went a little longer for us because we're trying to um, sort of ex explain where it is mm -hmm. um, coming from and then tie a little more context around all of that for the right, sake of the right. podcast. Uh, but no, these are actually, I think... Well, really great little things to help kind of teach language and sort of teach origin of language. Um, Thank you. In like a lot of different ways. Well, my whole my whole intention with this was to make the reason I called them quickies is it was kind of a storytelling exercise for me too. It's like how right. can I tell in four glances? How can I explain how to break down a word that you haven't heard before? This entire history of this word. Right, right. How can I break it into five panels or And whatever? at the same time explain etymology using these examples. Now we have planted the seed, so to speak, into you as well. So if you're ever curious about the origin of a word, you kind of know how to break it down now or at least where to start looking. You have no excuse after this. <laughs> no, not at all. So again, thank you all so much for listening, for watching, um, for all of your feedback down below. We really appreciate it. And until next time, stay out of prison and walk in the shade.